I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. What are you doing as we enter April? I can't believe it's already April. I feel like last year we were like, come on, April, get here. And yeah. this year we're like, what? You're here? How did you oh. show up? Did you call first? Like, what happened? Yeah. Well, in the year before that, in 2020, March was like five years long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's getting back to like the regular timing of things, and we don't know what to do with ourselves. It's very true. It's very I gotta true. get out in my garden. I never thought I'd say that out loud, but oh. that's that's gotta be a thing that I'm doing now. I, I got into it late last year, but this I'm new at this, so yeah. You're still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to go. Sure. I'll, sure, we'll pretend all those things. Take <laughs> <laughs> it till you make it. Take it till you make it. You can't do that with a garden, though, because it's just all dead out there. So, (laughs) I mean, I can go to my neighbor's yards and take pictures of their gardens and post those on Facebook and nobody would ever know. Your neighbors will know. They don't follow me on Facebook. They think I'm a hoodlum. (laughs) It's all the tattoos, you hoodlum. Uh, I mean, they've known me since I was like five, so... Okay, fair. So you've always been this way. <laughs> yeah, it takes time and practice. Aging <laughs> <laughs> like a fine wine. Well, the Oscars happened. That was a thing that happened since our last episode. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about it. I know. I mean, really, it's been pretty quiet this year as far like as the Like every Oscars year. Play. It's yeah, been pretty <laughs> boring for the past few years, right? Yeah. The well, highest rated moment, though, was when, and I, I'm going to lose his name right now, is when the actor for Troy Coda, Kotzer. Troy Kotzer, they did, um, you know, what they do in TV. And the highest rated moment is when he won his Oscar, which I just think is that, so awesome. Yeah, that I really loved his acceptance speech. I thought it was beautiful. You can tell that he has a real love for his language and his culture and to be able to be up there and share that with people on such a huge stage was just awesome. And my kids loved watching it and they thought it was really cool. Um, I do think it's funny because now all the stories have started circulating again about how he was in star Wars as the Tuscan, uh, yeah. Sand person who did, and he did the sign language, and everything. And I'm like, that is like, I heard it from you guys like years and years ago, but I was like, I'll reshare it. And every time I reshare it, people are like, no. And I'm like, I mean, didn't you hear this from Jake like years ago? Obviously you're not listening to our show. So, so, but I thought, but it's cool. I think that was probably it's, it's hard. Coda winning best picture was a huge deal. And we were really excited about that. But I think Troy's speech after he won best supporting actor for me, was just a neat moment to see, him do that through sign language and how beautiful it was. It was cool. Well, and I just thought it was so cute when she snatched back the award, yes. you know, cause she, and everybody was like, Oh, and she's like, no, I don't, he needs to. And he knew exactly what <laughs> she was yeah. like. He appreciated it. You could tell he was, he was grateful that she did it and she knew what was she's going on. She's a cute little lady. Like she, yeah. her face was so cute. Like I want that to be a meme. Like yeah. when you like steal a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
and she totally knew what she was doing. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. was great. Um, and and really, those were all the moments that we need to talk about oh, from the Oscars. There was, there was oh, one more. more. Lady Gaga with. Like, yes. That was awesome. I, I'm a it big really was. fan. I've liked her since I was a kid. We I was first shown uh, Arthur with Dudley Moore. And so I've, I've really loved her since. And to see her kind of get flustered and Lady Gaga say, I, I got you. And she says, I, I know. I just thought yeah. that was just so wonderfully done. It, it is hard because so many of these really legends that we remember from when we were younger are starting to get old and they're just not, they're just not the same as they were. And it's hard to see that. It was yeah, really hard. The announcement. Yeah. I was just going to say the announcement with Bruce Willis, this yes. week, just mm -hmm. really like that. I mean, it's Bruce Willis, you know, and right. I understand like everybody's human and you try and understand that every day. But when you see all these inhuman like moments of him on screen and, you know, I heard this a story about how he still has like 20 movies coming out that he's made yeah. um, that mm -hmm. he just had these smaller parts in because he knew he was struggling. So he'd go in and he just wanted to work. And most of them are independent films, mm -hmm. um, you know, and people were worried about him on set because he's never struggled like that, but just to know, and he's got a 10 year old daughter that yeah. has to go through this with him now. And it's just, you know, but to see like all of Hollywood to come out and like tweet how much they support him and everything, yes. you know, he hasn't been like a hundred percent like Boy Scout over his career, oh, but sure. he's always owned who he was. Mm -hmm. And I just respect him as an actor and everything that he's given us. And it just, it is sad, but like, that's the thing is like, we're now at the age mm -hmm. where our heroes are like getting old and dying and i'm just like i am i'm that old now <laughs> yeah. I, I think of when i think of 20 years ago i still think 1980s i don't think of 2000 <laughs> well i can tell you trace me the 1980s were you know closer to 40 years ago than 20. I, I don't want to talk about it i, know. I, I am on the downhill side to 50. Wow. <laughs> hey, Jake, I think that Dave um, is thanking you because I've been working on cleaning this office for like months and months. Right. And I, because I saw your wall, I was like, I've got to get my wall done. So nice. I've been working on my wall. It's not all done yet. Cause there's a lot of wall and a lot of things, but mm -hmm. like it even this, really good. this is my radio Disney team from when I was promotions oh. director at radio Disney and oh, it's cool. our team photo. And when the, the stations shut down, we all went to our favorite sushi place, like all, and we invited past radio crew that I'd never met. Um, okay. And they all signed this for me. And I just, that was like some of the best yeah, that cool. I learned so much, but um but yeah so i have some stuff up i even have like my mike in the morning my valen mike in the morning and i put one of my uh spider-mans over there because i can't have it like everywhere but anyway so you it's inspired me good. to get off my butt and do some things so hopefully this office will be like all put together by the end of next month our I big movie it. poster wall is finished i saw that uh, yeah we started putting some up above the tv and we just got our Coda poster came in the mail just yesterday. And so nice. that's going to go up next to my, I've got a Rocky poster up above the TV. So the, those two are going to go next to each other, two best picture winners right next to each other. And it'll be, 
it'll be kind of cool. So I love that you guys have like the little letterboard where you put in like what movie you're watching that night. Yeah, that's cool. And when we forget, the kids remind us. They're like, "So what movie are we watching? We don't have it up there." And so we we've been really good about doing it. It's you been have, fun. For the you've kids. created an elf on a shelf in a different way. You are now held responsible. Yeah. <laughs> But but that's okay. That means every week our kids are looking forward to spending time together exactly. as a family exactly. and watching a movie together. And those are memories that, that hopefully will last for a long time. Yeah. Well, and yeah. when they hit a certain age, you should like rotate like who puts the movie up there, like the choice. Yeah. Like, you know, they they get to be responsible for one week a month or something. Mm -hmm. Well, you have so, six kids, so that would I so mean that'd be like to, so we've rotated through who's picking the movie. We oh, just okay. we, we put the letters up, but each of the kids have picked a movie so far and now we're on Erica's turn and then it'll be my turn next week. And I haven't totally decided what I'm going to do yet, but what did Erica choose? Um, so I believe we're doing pirates of the Caribbean. Nice. So which a little, uh, Captain Jack. Yeah. Which we realized our kids are not very familiar with pirates of the Caribbean because mm. I keep thinking, that's a recent movie, so I'm sure. But it's no, that. that came out when Sammy was their age. Yeah. Like I took her to the theater when she was their age oh. to see those movies. So. And she's going to be 21. I keep telling myself she's going to be 21. Yeah. <laughs> well, it had to have been you know a while ago because it was like in the peak of Orlando Bloom's career, and that lasted mm -hmm. like you know five years, and that was it. <laughs> That was kind of <laughs> he's still working. He's it's just not his cycle. Everybody says like they have a cycle. Yeah. Um, who is it right now? He says he's just taking everything he can because it's his turn. What, what? Timothy Chalamet? Timothy Chalamet. No, no, uh, it was the shirtless wonder. Stop it. Stop it. He's a good actor. He's a great um, actor. I just forgot his shirt at the Oscars. That's gotta be embarrassing. You show up. You, you forgot your shirt. Like we've all had that dream where we show up at school yep. and we don't have our pants on that. Yep. What he lived that reality at the Oscars. He showed up without his shirt on. No, it was recently I watched an interview with an actor and I'm not going to remember until like three shows from now. So it'll, it'll like weirdly come up and I'll be like, Oh, um, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm working everything I can do right now because I know there's a win. We all have a window of time where we're going to work, 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 work. And then it's going to spread out. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I, I think actors and musicians kind of know that. Um, mm -hmm. And just because they're not at us 24 hours a day in every single movie on the screen does not mean that they're not a successful actor. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, I didn't mean to disparage any of Orlando Bloom's accomplishments or success. <laughs> I just remember he was like the yeah, hot it, guy, yeah, yeah. and then he just he isn't the anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but then his twin was whatever the bard in The Hobbit. Not really, but he looked just like Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are not talking about Orlando Bloom. We are talking about a movie that probably came out about when he was born. Yeah. Uh, with Maybe. Quiz Joe. I don't know what year he was born. Yeah, I mean, he was probably born. Yeah. 1994 is when Quiz Show came out, directed by Robert Redford, mm -hmm. uh, starring John Tutoro, who Everybody. we know as Carmine Falcone, mm -hmm. and uh, Ray Fiennes, who does not go by Ralph, despite what the spelling may say. <laughs> and even Martin Scorsese makes an appearance in the yeah. film. Uh, Hank Azaria does a great oh. job in the film. Like, lots of really, like, you see him, you're like, oh, I know who that I is. I know and, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and you'll see that a lot in this movie. And we've got this awesome movie by Robert Redford. It was nominated for Best Picture in 1995, lost to Forrest Gump, because obviously that was a superior movie that came out that year. Um, Tracy doesn't think so. No. <laughs> when you look at what was nominated that year, there's a oh. few films, I think, that hold up better than Forrest Gump. I think what Quiz was Show was nominated? one of them. What was all nominated other than those um, two? So Forrest Gump, Quiz Show, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. Uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral all the way. How did that even make it to a nomination? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love that movie, but that's not the kind of movie that usually even makes it that far. I think it was a Harvey Weinstein push. Yeah. I think it was. No, I can't like that movie as much as I I do. I could be wrong. I I could be wrong. Yeah. It's... it's, He's tainted so many things that I like, and I just have to put it to the side because I have to realize that he's not the only one that had his fingers on that on those movies. Like people really worked hard, and he just yeah yeah. I kind of feel that way with Kevin Spacey films. I'm like yeah, have to kind of yeah. It's hard because I really enjoy him as an actor, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoyed Forrest Gump. Um, It's okay. In in my mind. I, I probably would watch Forrest Gump more than I would watch Quiz Show. It doesn't mean that I don't like Quiz Show as much. Just Forrest Gump is just more appealing to to me as something I'd watch over and over. Oh, I'll I'll watch this movie all the time. I, I love 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 this movie. So what's funny is last night, um, Dave and I, he watched No Time to Die for the first time. He had never seen it. And I'm like, I'm a horrible wife. I have owned this movie since before it came out, like in theaters. Mm -hmm. Why have we not watched this movie? And then we turn on Quiz Show and he's like, wait, we just, who's that guy? We just watched him. I'm like, yeah, he's the, he was the really old balding guy, M. And Mm -hmm. the last, he's just a baby. He's a baby in this movie. Yeah. He's one of my favorite actors. Like my first exposure to him was Schindler's List. And I was like, okay, this is a guy that I want to watch his career go. And, and he was nasty in Schindler's List. He like, was, he was a bad, bad yeah. guy. Because I liked him before awful. Schindler's List. And then I watched that movie and I'm like, I don't know if I like this guy anymore. And then after the movie was over, I'm like, oh, Steven, you did it again. <laughs> yeah. I just called him and I was like, you did it again, Steven. Steven you made me now. hate someone that I love. What a great job. I was like, no, I was too tiny at that moment to call Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. He He's an incredible actor. I do. I will t- say one thing watching quiz show and I don't know. I mean, obviously it was an artistic choice, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But he looked like he was wearing so much makeup. Yeah. In this show. Like his lips and his like his cheeks and and he's really the only one that stands out that way like everybody kind of had that 50s look that i know that that's what they were going for but for whatever reason on him it just stood out a little bit more and i don't know why and it kind of was distracting almost maybe it's because it made him look so pretty like he looked yeah. really pretty well, in he's this movie. beautiful i also think that they used um so a long time ago back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. <laughs> anytime you, you had, anytime you had like a female um, actress in a romantic lead or whatever, they would use a diffuser lens on her, but not anyone else because they really wanted her to be. And I feel like that they used that on him 
mm-hmm. um, because they didn't really have that female. This was a this is a this is a guys guys show, right? Mm-hmm. This is all the guys, right. um, and. I feel like, cause I was watching it as well and it wasn't as much as the makeup as I felt like they were using a different lens on him to really pop, to make him, mm-hmm. to really push the point across to, um, to the really juxtaposition between the, the two of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And if they did, that's brilliant. Professor Tracy, can you confirm whether or not they did that? <laughs> I, I, I very much agree with Val on, on that one. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. One point for me. Can I go for 11? Yeah. Is that 11 yeah. points? But can I yeah. get the third part last? <laughs> <laughs> always. I always want the third part last. <laughs> and you've got to dab the sweat. you got to dab the sweat. you got to breathe heavily into the microphone. I love him so much. I've watched so many movies with him in it over the past month, I felt I feel like it's been a gift. Yeah. Because yeah. I watched Rounders, which is one of my favorite movies that John Totoro is in. Mm-hmm. I watched Batman before that with the new Batman movie. He is brilliant in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like it's been like a John Totoro month. Maybe that's what we need to do is like a John Totoro month. I, <laughs> I, yeah, there's so many to choose from. And it's funny when when I watched him in the Batman. Um, and he was, he was fantastic as Falcone in the Batman. But when I watched it, I thought, man, it's, this is such a different role for him because what stood out to me is all the silly, stupid roles that he's been mm-hmm. in. Like mm-hmm. he was in Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler. He was like the butler who's oh, very, very sneaky. Very, very sneaky. Yeah. And, and just things like that. That's what I remembered oh, about Ace him. Seuss from uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I went back. And then watching him in quiz show, I was like, no, he is a really, really solid actor. And he I think really that sometimes that's, that happens with these kind of character actors. And that's kind of what he does. He does a lot of these characters, these every man, these kind of quirky guys. And I think sometimes we forget that the serious acting that goes behind it. And th- in this, he's just really, really fantastic as Herbie Stemple. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I really, really, really love about this movie, and it's probably my favorite Redford, uh, directed film is that he uses the camera exquisitely in this movie in order to tell the story. Like when you're in the booth with them and you have nothing but close-ups because there's no room in the booth, he wants you to feel claustrophobic. And so you get right up in there and you can see the sweat you see the close-up of the fan shutting down. Um, there's, there's two times that he uses a Hitchcock technique, which is really cool. And one is much more subtle than the other. And Hitchcock, when he made the movie Vertigo, um, wanted to kind of give the viewer a sense of Vertigo. And so what he would do, and Scorsese copied this in Goodfellas, um, it's become a a pretty popular trick now, is that you either dolly in where you have the camera on a wheeled set and you push it in while you're zooming back out, or you do the opposite. You, You zoom in while you're pulling back, one of the two. And what it does is it keeps whatever's in the foreground in the focus but it shifts the background dramatically. And so the very first time is when he's in the booth and they ask him the question that he knows for the very first time. It was supposed to be so pure it floats and he's he's there and the and the they have a close up of his face uh to the side with the game announcer I can't remember his name. Um, Jack Berry. Jack Berry, thank you, out in front and they rack the focus and they have Jack Berry completely in focus and he says tough question. And then they rack back to Ray Fiennes and he says, yet so oddly familiar. And then they do this very subtle 
shift back because that's the first time that he is having this crisis of conscience. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, when he's going down the stairs and we have this shot of him just spiraling, he's running down the stairs and he's running down the stairs and he's going in circles, he's going down the drain and then he stops and then he thinks about how much money he's going to make and he just gets this grin on his face and, and then we have faster. a camera from up above and he runs down even faster and now we're literally watching him go down. Um, but the second time that he does that camera shift is when he decides to throw it. Um, when he decides to throw that game, there's a huge dramatic, it's it's really blatant, um, which I love because it's like, and then you get this close up of his smile because he knows that he's done it. He's out, he's free. And that those shots to me are just so beautifully done and so subtle, but yet so effective. Yeah. And those are the things that I think as an average movie goer, which um, I consider myself more of an average movie goer, you don't realize that that's what the director is doing to you, but, but you, you feel, feel those in the moment yeah. and you know, and I think that's what makes this movie so good because here's the thing. This is something that happened in the 1950s. It, it is based on a true story. I don't know how accurate quiz show is to what actually happened, but I think it's, it's fairly good. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was such a big deal in the moment. Charles Van Dorn was such a huge star in the moment. And now he's completely left our consciousness. And by, by 1994, I think that's still the case. And then they make this movie and you're like, why would anyone care about cheating on this quiz show? But you get like, from the beginning, you are just sucked into this story and what's happening. And, and mm -hmm. it becomes very intriguing and interesting. Uh, and then it makes you wonder if every game show you've ever seen is just a fraud. <laughs> I mean, they're not a fraud per se, but reality TV is all scripted. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And, and mm -hmm. producers are very good at not cheating, but making sure that the outcome is what they want. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's, it's a job. It's a, you know, it is what it is, but, um, I really, so Robert Redford to me is a, he uses cinematographers that help him because he's a colorist in my yes. mind. Yes. When you look at this movie, when you look at uh, other films that he has made, he, he plays with color, um, coloring of movies a lot. And what I loved is the subtle difference in light and coloring when you go from, uh to Turo's house when mm -hmm. he when the lawyer goes over there and he's you know given you know he's sitting in a very small room the wife comes over with a plate you know and it's just all compact and it's kind of mm -hmm. these browns and golds mm -hmm. colors that just seems everyday bland whatever and then when he goes out to Van Duren's whole family you know outing it's and they're sitting great. at the table he goes in close on the corn is so bright and perfect. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, goes close on his dad talking to his mom with just these bright, all the food is bright. All the food is healthy. It, you know, everything what, is what uh, all, American, mm -hmm. all American, you know, family looks like that's power and money is what that is. Um, and basically he's realizing that these are two very different circumstances and he has a choice to make. And whatever choice he makes, it's kind of a lose-lose situation That's for right. this lawyer, but whatever choice he makes is going to determine who he is from here on out um, in his young career. Does he go against the behemoth, you know, um, 
because they all, everyone that he works with has lunch or dinner or some kind of outing with this family, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and then on this other situation, it's very unpopular and almost political um, if he goes with him. So I just, he, in that, those very two quick scenes, he painted the picture of the lawyer and what, what he has to do and the decision he has to make. So I just thought that was great. And all, by the way, it was Brian Cranston. I was listening to Brian oh. Cranston's book, which okay. if you want to do anything, listen to Brian Cranston's book. It was one of the best books I've listened to. And he said when he was taking all these movies, he's like, I know I just have this small pocket of time where people <laughs> are going to care about me. So I want to work, 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 work. And then mm -hmm. he's like, and then just be happy with whatever I get after that. But sorry, yeah, that I, was, I realized it. When you said Brian Cranston, I was like, he's not in this movie. I know I didn't miss him. <laughs> I would have recognized him, but maybe he's I wouldn't in the background. have. He's yeah. in the background because at that point in his career, he. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't he, I mean, yeah. this is, that was, this is pre Malcolm in the middle. And that this was is, really kind of the first. Even he, did, he did things before. Yeah, it was. He was in Seinfeld. Yeah, well, he did. He, yeah, he did. Yeah, in Seinfeld, maybe. Anyway, but, but it was I don't think he was that too. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But uh, so the the lawyer is Rob Morrow. I had to look it yeah. up because I didn't. And this is really probably the biggest and maybe even best thing that he's done. He's done a lot of TV, and he's done really well on TV. He did but, a lot of eighties kind of. Did mm -hmm. like he was like he was probably in Teen Beat at the, some point. Yeah. The Canada. <laughs> show northern exposure yeah 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 his big thing for a while yeah but, but most of his success has been on tv and he was like on numbers and and yeah. that had a good run and everything but but he was actually really really good in this film when you're mm -hmm. considering that he's going up against actors like ray fines and mm -hmm. uh john totoro and like he holds his own he does a pretty good job yeah yeah i i love I love how Redford being a former actor pulls these performances out of these, out of these actors. Like they're already good, but you get the feeling like he drew even more out of them. And everybody's got a crisis, crisis of conscience in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, even down to the wife who is uh, of Herbie, who is very underused um, yes. as are most of the women in this film. Yeah. But there, everybody's got this crisis of conscience and what are you going to do and how are you, what kind of person are you and what kind of person are you going to be? And that's an interesting question. Well, yeah. And his comes with, you know, is he really going to bring in, he, he's hesitant to bring in Van Dorn because he's worried that it's going to ruin his life. And he's going, he wants to go for the network mm -hmm. and the, and the sponsor. He's not interested in, in ruining any of the contestants lives or anything like that. He wants NBC and he wants, Geritol. Uh, pharmaceutical, Geritol, whatever, which by the way, that sounds like a, I don't know how people were sold on commercials. Well, yes, I do. Because we still have those kinds of commercials. Shed the fat, take this pill and you'll lose all this weight. And it's the same my thing. Credit card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, it, I love that moment at the very beginning when uh, you meet Herbie Stemple and he comes out and he's supposed to be pushing Geritol and he's like, oh, um, my wife's low blood was much better <laughs> after Geritol. It's very effective, is all I'm saying. And that's he what just the, keeps interrupting him. It's yes, so and it just got more and more awkward. And you're like, Herbie, just just stop, my friend. He's this kid who he craves attention. He craves the affirmation. And yeah. so I, I know that Geritol's the sponsor, and I'm the 
the star show, so I should be promoting Geritol. And I think he kind of is thinking this will impress the producers. This will impress the sponsor. And it's going to continue to grow me in my new TV role. And instead, it just comes across as just everybody's like, okay, moving on. Okay, yeah. moving on. Well, and I think what happens to him, it's very, it's it's a very real feeling. It's something that um, I talk to people about all the time when I, when you're in certain jobs, um, when you give a certain um, different people a certain amount of power, mm -hmm. uh, everybody takes it and goes a different direction with it, right? And there is this mindset in radio and TV and entertainment that you feel like your fame holds up the show because you're in the spotlight for a certain amount of time. Now it's all about you. But mm -hmm. what, but what we don't understand in that moment is that the minute that you are not on that show, you are nothing. People forget yeah. about you in a minute, but in the moment you think that, that there is no way in the world that they could go on without you and that you are the most important thing. Um, and that's what he created in his mind. And for being yeah. so smart, book smart, he is not a very smart man. He mm -hmm. gave his money to a bookie thinking he was going to invest it for him when if he was a very smart person, he would go and invest it in actual things, right? And he's like, and he and he skipped town, but he's going to get me my money. You're an idiot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And But he made a lot of just really bad life decisions because all he was focusing on was how much he knew and how he knew more than everyone else. I know yep. more than anyone else at this one thing you do, but yep. and you didn't also, know how a, a, a TV network worked. You don't know how money works. Like yeah. well, he, he also cast himself as the, as the, the victim. Yeah. yeah. It was always happening to him. Everybody was being unfair to him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a true narcissist. This is, mm -hmm. this is, he, oh, this is narcissist part. 101 behavior. Well, and mm -hmm. and the way they portray the character in the film is in the beginning because you get to see him through the lens of him being on the show. You kind of start to feel bad for him because you know things are going to go south for him and you know he's kind of just this underdog and that everybody loves him. But then as the show goes on, you realize, no, that's the role that they cast him in. And that's why he was never going to be as long lasting as a Charles Van Dorn. Cause they brought him in to be the hero that the he's guy the white knight. Yeah. Exactly. White knight. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and Herbie simple was the underdog. And once he wasn't an underdog anymore, his value was gone. Yep. That's, and he that's, had cast himself in that. But yeah, when you get to know the character later, he is a narcissist. Like it is all about him until Charles Van Dorn goes down and he realizes they're, they're kind of in the same boat now and yeah. he feels bad for him. Like that's the first time I think you see him see, you see him feel any sympathy for Van Doren at all is when he's coming yeah. out of the courtroom and he's sworn by the press and they're like, Hey, Herbie Stemple, can we get a comment? And he's like, can't you guys just leave the guy alone? Like, can't you tell? Yeah. And let's that's get the first time he feels something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or anybody yeah, He's not even, he, I mean, his wife is just, there because he's supposed to have a wife. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't really show any kind of like he doesn't notice when he brings a man into the house and she is laying there with her shirt open. <laughs> like he doesn't care that yeah. another man would see his wife that way. Hmm. And then he insults her for being fat, like just in a regular conversation with, mm -hmm. you know, like he he she is a prop. Like his same life is about his, him. Same thing with is, his son. 
yeah and his son like he makes one appearance and his it's like anyway i just felt bad for his son the way he talked to him and everything i think it's kind of the same thing like he had a kid because he felt like he needed to like he was supposed to have a kid so instead of being a dad yeah well and his wife just being a prop kind of sums up culturally what we look back on and think about the 50s anyway like unfortunately in a lot of cultural ways that's the way women were kind of viewed as almost as and that's awful like it's totally wrong and i hate even saying it but it's also i think the truth yeah (laughs) sometimes sometimes the truth is hard to say and swallow (laughs) and we like to think that we're past all that but unfortunately we got a long ways to go but but I, true. I, don't, I feel I don't like even we've almost to... been there for like 40 years. Yes. We're almost yeah. there. Yes. We're nope. almost there. Next nope. generation. Nope. nope. Next generation. Yeah. But I, I think we're making incremental steps. I like to hope so. I, I hope so. I think we are too. And, but it's also one of those things that all you can really control is what you do in your own home and in the own, in your own relationships and interactions. Um, And so you just try to do better than the yeah. previous generation. Yeah. But but I just thought that was interesting when you said, you know, his wife was a problem. I'm like, yeah, so like the 1950s and women in general, unfortunately. The best scene with her, and I love this scene, is when um, Rob Morrow's character mm-hmm. uh, has come up to, to John Turturro, and he's talking to Herbie, and he says, you lied to me. You got, you know, how, how, how could you do this to Vandora? And, and he's really laying into him, and his wife is like up on a level looking down. And he, Herbie realizes that he's about to lose this guy. And so he needs to finally come clean. And he says, he got the answers because I got the answers. And mm-hmm. you cut to her reaction and you just see this look of confusion and hurt. And then we cut back to those two and he, he pushes the elevator back open. And he's like, wait, what, what did you say? And they talk for a second. And then you cut to Herbie kind of after the conversation and you cut to him kind of smiling, like, yeah, I'm back. I got him. And then he looks up and his wife is gone. Yeah. And that's just such a beautifully, it's like the editing didn't know. sublime. She, yeah. She, she knew had, that there was manipulation going on. She knew that he threw it and all that, but she didn't know that he was I getting mean, the answers. And he's walking around his whole life, like saying in front of her and in front of the neighborhood in front that he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Like you need to treat me differently because I have this one thing. And that's that I know everything that I have mm-hmm. all these answers. I mean, he's a fraud. He doesn't mm-hmm. know anything, but he, he in his mind now thinks that he does like, he thinks right. he's a smarter right. person than everyone right. else. And you get to, and like I said, you it it pokes holes in it when you see him make all of these other very very bad decisions. And I'm not saying that people that are brilliant don't make bad decisions. Sure. Usually, people sure. that are really brilliant aren't good at money, <laughs> like right. aren't good at relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, this was this thing that she said, okay, you know what? He's a little, he's brilliant. Some, you know, she's probably telling herself like, I'm going over in my mind as a wife, like who. You stick right. around, you put up with things because you know what? He is brilliant. He he is yeah. doing this thing. And then she finds out that everything she's been putting up with is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a, such a good moment. Yeah. Like, there's just little little bits like that that just you don't see as much in some of the films. And I I, I miss that. Yeah. Well, and I think another powerful moment for me was when when Ray Fine's character Van Doren goes and visits his dad oh. and he's, he's trying to decide whether he should come clean or not. 
and the conversation he has with his dad when he lets his dad know that he was part of all of this and like his dad was finally like they were their relationship was finally kind of coming together a little bit his dad was kind of respecting what he was doing he like i love the scene when when the mom and dad are watching the show and he turns it off because he's like it's just too intense i can't i can't take it but then when they have that conversation and he's like, you know, it's my name that you've got out there. Oh, like, your, and it was just your name is mine. Or it's a Shakespeare quote, I think. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Cause they keep doing oh. the Shakespeare thing. And I don't know enough Shakespeare to know that. Everything I don't, that I can't tell you about that. From, yeah. But, but I love how they set that up earlier in the film. They set yeah. up that we're going to run quotes from each other and try and yes, when he does it, when he does it to his dad first, and he's like, this is no time for games. Like we're not, no, we're, mm-hmm. This is a serious thing, but what then, I love about the dad he says much ado about nothing. Yeah, <laughs> just the way he says that, like, dad, this is come on. Yeah, but what I love is they have this whole heated conversation, and his, and you can just tell that his dad is disappointed. But when he says, "Hey, will you come with me?" Yeah, and they do, and mom and dad are there to support him because he's doing the right thing at this point. Um, even though he'd made a lot of really bad decisions. And then you see all the consequences, right? When they're mm-hmm. saying, hey, did you know that that you got fired from your job at NBC? Oh, and did you also know that the board of trustees are meeting right now at Columbia University to remove you as a teacher? And like all these things, everything he had worked for. Poof. Yep. Yeah. And and I think it's sad He in the, in the end credits you see, he never taught again. Yeah. Like he never got, Either he didn't choose to or he didn't get that opportunity, but. Well, you know what's really good news, though, in the credits? What you do see is that, uh, what's his name, the producer of the show. <laughs> um, Dan Enright. Enright, yes. And and Hank Azaria's character, Albert Friedman. They were able to get back together a few years later and make millions on a different game show. So that's the feel-good story here. That's, is sure they took the fall. That's reality, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing that sucks is you see Charles Van Doren, his life was just totally ruined by this. And, and it, whatever trajectory he was on totally changed course. Herbie Stemple never got back on his feet. I mean, he yeah. what worked for the transit company. Is that what, isn't that yep. what the credit yep. said? And mm-hmm. But Dan Enright, though, and Albert Friedman... They're just fine because because they told the company line. Yeah, they, they took, they the, took fall. the fall. It's almost like a mob movie. You take the fall, you do your time, and then you can come back. Yeah, but and I love it when Rob Morrow's character is like he's going to fold. He is going to completely fold on these guys. He's going to bring them down, and then when he gets them up on the stage, he's like, nobody knew. I was the only one, and nope, he's you just NBC didn't know anything. <laughs> and you see Rob Morrow's reaction like. Oh, I completely blew this. Like I completely miscalled this, and now my whole case is 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 in the garbage. Yeah, man, it's it's powerful stuff. And to think that you know, television was a relatively new yeah. thing at this point. I mean, his, and all the Vandurans, the richest people, they didn't even have a television. Yeah, right, right. He made sure he said it very loudly at least three times <laughs> at that lunch. That it is not important in his life to have a television, even if his son is on it. Right. And, but even then, at the very beginning, how much power these studio or these, uh, you know, network people had and how much that's 
still a hundred percent the case. And and you get <laughs> you get a scene at the very beginning where all the families are rushing to come to the TV and watch it, and we don't really have that anymore in the in the era of streaming and on demand and stuff like that. There, there's it's not just really football. The, it's probably just football, football. and baseball season. Yeah, life, you know, it's just yeah. sports. 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 Live sports is about <laughs> it. Having worked in maybe the bachelor. I don't know though. That's not my jam, but I'm assuming maybe in some places it's think, the bachelor. I think in some families, yes, that's true. But it's but it's rare and and there weren't a lot of shows on. And so this became something that the entire family could watch. And I kind of think about how when Ken Jennings made his Jeopardy run and everybody was watching Jeopardy every night. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of reminded me of that again. It was like, I have to see this guy succeed because he's going to. There wasn't yeah. Yeah, I, I love Lucy was the the perfect mm-hmm. you know nomer for that because there were stores changing their hours on Monday nights because nobody was coming in when <laughs> I love Lucy was on. So they literally changed their store hours. Like yeah. that's how big TV mm-hmm. was back then. Good TV, you know. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's we are at the point in the program now where we get to give it a grade. So I'll start this time because I don't okay. usually get to start. I'm going to give it an A minus. I think this is a great movie. Um, I do think what would prevent it from being an A for me is I don't know that it's one that I would just sit down and say, you know, what am I in the mood for? I'm in the mood for quiz show. Let's turn that on. But I mean, maybe I would, but not very often. Right. And it's not one that I'm going to watch over and over again, but when I do watch it, I enjoy it. It's just really well done. It's really interesting. Um, the actors are great. Robert Redford does a great job directing. So I, I'm giving it an A minus. It's a B plus for me in the same reasons. Like I don't get mad anytime I'm, I need to watch this movie, but that's about when I watch it. Like the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, this is a really good movie. And then all the times that I've watched it after that, it's been for like a reason, like I've had to watch it for school or I've had to watch it for this show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad when I have to do it. It's just not something that automatically pops into my mind as to something that I want to watch. But then when I remember it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a really good movie. And look at all these great actors. And, um, you know, it was a, a, a beautiful movie to watch, which I don't think that you would automatically think because it's yeah, not a true. landscape yeah, movie, a not point. this big epic. But if you are really into coloring and cinematography and the pacing of the editing yeah, was so good for this movie. And I realize it so much more because a lot of the movies that we're watching right now, these three hours long nonsense movies, I the pacing is so important. And I feel like Robert Redford really understands how important pacing is for a story and for this one because there are moments where it has to like we need to linger Mm -hmm. and then there are moments where we you know and it just so all these things b plus is a really good score for me i don't give a lot of a's i you and and so it just doesn't fit that one criteria or it would be an a for me in that i would want to watch it over and over i just don't think about it to watch it over and over but i'm not mad when i do watch it excellent um, I'm flat out giving this one an A. This is one that I can watch um, often. Um, I see new things or I'll remind myself of things. Like you'll see it and you're like, okay, that's right. You know, but you notice these little details and it's just so smartly written and it's so well acted and it's so well directed and the coloring and the editing. And it just, they just, 
it's a very simple story, but it's a very complex story at the same time. And I love the growth of these characters and the journey that he takes us on. Um, it's a fascinating look into a, into a time period. Um, I'm a game show guy. I've always been a game show guy. So that is intriguing to me and to kind of see where that all kind of started and came from. Um, this one to me is just one of the best movies out of the 90s. Um, it's probably in my top 20 films of my life that I would watch. So wow. I, I'm going with an A on this one. Highly recommend. Awesome. Um, I think those are all really great, great points. And yeah, it's a great movie. It, it's probably one that most of our listeners, I would imagine, probably haven't visited for a while, just because mm -hmm. I don't know that it's one that comes up on people's radars very often. But I would definitely recommend going and checking it out if, it, if it's been a while. So or if you've never seen it go yeah you know oh. i think it holds up like you under oh, it's a period sure. piece but i definitely think that it holds up i think the only thing that kind of you're just like oh look at all these people i love they're babies and then you just get into the movie and you're yeah. fine but as far as like like it looks it still looks so good as as a movie yeah yeah and, and the, the the other thing that i love too is is we mentioned it a little bit earlier jake with the contrast between herbie and with uh, Van Doren, but John Turturro is not an ugly man, but they make him so awful in this movie. The, the hair and the glasses and they color the tooth and he just looks so schlubby. Just pathetic. He just, pathetic. They, make, they want him to and, look pathetic. Yeah. And then Van Doren always gets the hero light and he's, a, and oh, Van, for sure. And, and Ray Fiennes is a beautiful human being anyway, but they really make, they go out of their way to make him, gorgeous and then you see they're really on the same level like at first you think herbs down here and van doren's up here and you realize they're just people yeah yep people that made a bad choice complicated difficult decisions yeah yeah um so there you go there's quiz show i agree they're just people they made bad decisions all around and this is what happens when you get involved in a group of people that just makes nothing but bad decisions you end up in front of Congress. Would Just remember that. <laughs> Dang. Would you do it? What's that? Would you do it? I don't know. It, it is so hard, right? I want to say right off, you know, no, I wouldn't. I think my initial response would be like Van Doren's is when he's in the office and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not a. But then when you're faced with it in the moment and you oh, think the money and the, the money, but you also think nobody's going to know. Right. How are they going to know I can get away with this? I think it's a hard thing. I have not had to face that decision in I, that kind of a circumstance. It would be too much stress for me, like to have to constantly, plus, nobody would believe that I knew all that stuff. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing. I'm never going like, to be put in that position. Well, like, it, would, it would depend on what questions they're asking me. But if we're going like Disney, you'd kill it. Right, but then I wouldn't need them to give me the answers. So, <laughs> I mean, I know this is a thing. I know more, uh, you know more about Disney than I do. And mm. I actually know more about things that people think I do. But um, I, it with the stress of the lies to me, like yeah. to, that gives me a stomach ache. Like just, <laughs> I don't want that stomach ache. But yeah, I mean, it would be hard because you're sitting there and all these people are looking at you and the camera's on you and you feel special and you know, yeah. it, and, wanting and that 15 minutes, like people do down. crazy things for 15 minutes of fame. 
And if I turn it down, somebody else is going to do it. So it might as well be me. Let them go yeah. to Congress. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be there. When your dad is like friends with the chairman on the congressional oversight. It's not as bad. I, okay. That, and, and I know we're done talking about the movie, but I loved after he does his confession in front of Congress and his dad's friend is like, I think it's great that you've come here and admitted this. And I've never heard a confession so powerful as that. And another guy says the same thing. And then they get to the third guy and he's like, I disagree with both of you. <laughs> you made a bad decision and you should be held accountable. I don't feel any remorse for you whatsoever. And then everybody starts clapping. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and the thing that's great about that scene is the the applause is kind of quiet and muted at first and then he just kind of ramps up the volume i was noticing it last night where it's almost this overwhelming thunderous applause yeah it's, it's very very nicely done yeah, yeah. So, all right there you go there's quiz show thank you everybody for watching or listening we appreciate your support uh, if you have any feedback for us you can send that to podcast movies that make us.com or you can comment on any of our platforms that we're on and let us know your thoughts on quiz show or just your thoughts in general. I mean, we don't mind. Would you do um, it? We would you? Yeah. Would it. you do it? Yeah. Let <laughs> us know. Would you, would you go for no it? No judgment, man. No judgment oh, I love, here. I love that. Yeah. I love that scene when Rob Morrow's like, no. And then Ray finds it's like, and I would, and that's his admission. And it's just it's so good. So, so good. If you haven't watched it, check it out. Yeah, definitely a great movie. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And uh, until next time, we won't see you at the movies. Bye. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.